Hi, I'm your host, Dave Kemp, and this is Future Ear Radio. Each episode, we're breaking down one new thing, one cool new finding that's happening in the world of hearables, the world of voice technology. How are these worlds starting to intersect? How are these worlds starting to collide? What cool things are going to come from this intersection of technology? Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Okay, so we are joined here today by Colin Borns. Colin, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dave. So I am the head of business development in the U.S. for Speechly, and uh, I kind of got into voice technology or my, my interest in voice tech started back in college, you know, really from the, the perspective of a guy who was always looking for the next thing, always interested in starting my own little businesses and and through college was, uh, you know, became familiar with voice and, and saw this as my way, you know, to be to be a part of this next revolution of, of interesting technology and, and really became obsessed with, you know, how can I go and learn about this as much as possible, um, which ultimately led me to VaynerMedia, um, working in the, on the finance side of things, but gave me the ability to, you know, see uh, different perspectives from a, an agency that was known for, for building different voice projects and ultimately um, gave me the opportunity to meet a lot of really interesting people in the space. Um, that ultimately led to doing some investing at a, a small venture fund called Voice Punch that's completely focused on the, the audio and voice tech space. So um, diligenced and, and looked at hundreds and hundreds of companies um, over my year and about a year and a half time um, with Mark and, and Cinta over at, at Voice Punch. And now I'm, like I said, at Speechly where uh, we help developers add voice interfaces to existing websites and mobile apps. Awesome. So really excited to chat about that. Yeah, no, it's it's great to be chatting again. Uh, some of you that are listening might remember Colin from some of the different uh, content projects that I was doing during the pandemic. We we actually launched a newsletter and we were doing a bunch of videos and, and all kinds of content together under the umbrella of Sonic Insights. Um, so I've known Colin for a few years now, got to know him through the various voice conferences that we both attended. Um, and, you know, I think we, he, he's definitely one of the people I always look to, to kind of bounce ideas off of about what's going on in this space and, and kind of the evolution of it. He's just really, really knowledgeable, I think, about the overall trajectory of it. And so I wanted to have you on today because I've been, you know, now that you're at Speechly, I really want to better understand this company. Um, kind of from what I've gathered, you know, in the, you know, offhand conversations that we've had, it sounds really interesting and sort of in a new direction that, um, you know, I'm, I'm really curious to explore today throughout this conversation. So good to have you back here in, in the in the hot seat with me um, talking all through this. So let's start with, you know, this whole idea you had mentioned, you know, kind of like the role that big tech played, I think, initially here in the let's call it these first formative years of the voice tech space. Um, can you kind of outline what you were describing to me as to the role that they played, why those, you know, some of the benefits of that, but also maybe some of the ways that that's warped our thinking a little bit about this whole space? Yeah, for sure. So I think, um, as you alluded, uh, big technology companies, specifically Amazon, and, and before that, obviously, um, Apple with Siri, uh, I think that they reinvigorated or 
starting with Siri, it really brought a lot of attention to, wow, we can, we can talk to our technology. But there was this bar that was set really high with that announcement of that. And the user expectations that went with that just quite frankly, were at such a level that I think it was missed at a point where, you know, Siri became kind of a meme of, of uh, not, not the greatest meme in the world of like, man, does it, what is this thing really, really useful yeah. for? Um, and then with Alexa and, and Amazon um, coming out, it really reinvigorated this conversation around voice technology. And, and quite frankly, I think um, just gave permission to like other communities, other businesses to, you know, invest money into this space, invest time and resources into exploring, you know, what does this voice technology do? However, it was from the perspective of, again, these, these smart speakers. And I think um, that led to, just as a constraint of the, the devices themselves, this approach to voice technology now that is completely from this paradigm of conversational experiences. So like, like, you, uh, like you said, I don't think that we are at the point that we're at having this conversation today about where voice technology can go without Amazon coming back in 2015, I think it was with the, the initial um, Alexa product. Um, I don't think we're at this point without that. However, just because that happened doesn't mean that we shouldn't revisit um, all the different work that has been done and really try to understand where voice technology is um, best suited to be applied to different businesses. And so I think uh, now we're at this point where you have to look outside of just voice assistants and, and smart speakers to, I think, get a better idea of where there can be just wider opportunities for other businesses uh, to look at this voice technology. That's really well said. I, and I think that um, you're right because, you know, without having the critical mass that, you know, Amazon sort of pushed the ball down the hill and then Google then hops on board, right? at one time Cortana with Microsoft and then, you know, Samsung with Viv and then Bixby. And so I agree with you that I think that the, the this whole space sort of did rally behind a company like Amazon that was unique, uniquely suited because I think that you needed to kind of almost have that consumer success that smart speakers had that kind of surprised people. And it started to build a narrative of this is a new modality, but this is at the core, I think, of where a lot of people, a lot of the confusion break or a lot of the breakdown comes from is, you know, it's really hard to even sort of quickly surmise what exactly does voice technology entail because everybody sort of has a different description of it, right? It's conversational UI, it's uh, our conversational AI, it's the voice user interface, it's all these different things, it's all these different devices. And I think that what's really interesting, and I want to now kind of like go into speechly a little bit, is like this notion of really making voice largely accessible across the internet. You know, I think that that's, that's maybe where this is going is like, it's almost a layer to some degree of, of being able to be put on websites and mobile applications. So I know that's kind of in, in your all's wheelhouse. So can you just speak to maybe what really interested you initially with Speechly and then like that just segue into the broader picture of what you guys are doing? Yeah. Um, and maybe to, to better frame it, um, I don't want to jump away from like the voice assistants and smart speakers yet, because I think it provides good context to understand like what just voice 
technology, I guess, as a, at a high level is good at, right? Yeah. Um, because again, we can't ignore that these are in a third of the homes in the U.S. and in growing, um, and it gives us an insight into like what, how are people using these devices? Again, like what is voice tech good at? And so, like I said, a little bit of context. There's been over a hundred thousand of these voice apps made on um, smart speakers like the Alexa platform. However, these top five use cases are still first-party experiences. It's been this way for the last three years. And if you look at these experiences, um, they're not conversational. You know, it's, it's, it's the listening to music. It's asking a question. It's checking the weather, setting a timer, setting an alarm. So it's, it's voice command and control. Yeah. None of these really need um, a back-to-back -back sort of voice experience. And so, um, like, like I said, I, I was previously investing with, with voice punch and, and got the opportunity just to see so many different um, approaches and angles to voice technology. However, a lot of those were from this perspective of conversational experiences. And what really drew me to Speechly specifically was just quite frankly, this differentiated approach to voice technology and you know approaching from first principles of like, what is voice technology good at? Um, voice tech is a really good interface to get things done efficiently. Yeah. And, and that's where we know it's at right now. So I think that there is a path to conversational experiences. And certainly there are, there are areas where hands-off conversational experiences make a lot of sense today. However, I think they're very limited to a point that we should focus all our attention on cracking the nut for the top killer use case there doesn't seem like the best use. I'd propose a better use of time is to say, okay, we know what voice is good at today. Can we do this in our own sort of um, domains, websites, mobile applications? And the answer is yes. And, and, and uh, this, this is why I ultimately um, wanted to join Speechly is just being able to take this differentiated approach to the market um, and, and quite frankly, being able to build these, uh, these voice experiences that are not constrained by by um some of the the platforms that the that popularize them yeah that's again well said um because i think that you know to your point and the, and it should be caveated that like i've had people on this podcast before of companies that are actually building really ambitious things on these platforms mm -hmm. you know you know the guy you are like ian and the group over at bamboo learning and yep. um you know, matchbox with all the games and stuff like that. So it's not to say that there's not like this potential of building on these platforms. I think there is, but I, I agree with you that I always sort of think that this period that we're in is almost akin to like the pre-internet PC, almost, you know, it's like, or, or the internet before the Google, before Google, um, you know, it's just think back to the way that we interacted with computers, like before a lot of the big breakthroughs, which enabled lots and lots of other things. Like, yeah, there were definitely applications and, and different things that were built throughout all these epochs, uh, you know, throughout computing history. Um, but to your point, I think that, you know, where a lot of the potential is, is uh, re-examining what is, what is the technology in its current state good at? And this is, I think, a really interesting thing to think through. Um, so, in your opinion, you know, at Speechly, what are some of these things? I think you mentioned those five use cases. Those are great, but build on this a little bit. What, what's, where's your mind at when it comes to this? Yeah. Um, I, again, I think 
to really simplify it, I, I truly believe that this command and control sort of paradigm with voice can be applied to any sort of mobile or web application. I think in the same way, we're starting to see the play button show up on pretty much any sort of publishing site mm-hmm. or uh, any sort of a uh, blog or, or media site. I think you're going to start to see these buttons to communicate with these websites. And, and again, I think um, to, to frame where I see opportunity with Speechly's approach to voices. It's also, again, I think this notion around voice apps being conversational experiences are really holding back um, our industry. And, and so I think maybe it'd be helpful to kind of look at some of those. There are two big problems that I think are holding back some of the existing um, voice apps today. And it starts with the turn-based experience. Um, and again, this is this is not uh, turn-based from the perspective of input in, input out, and just like the fact that you're having a conversation, but I'm, I'm talking at the, the technology level of a, of a voice assistant. Um, they're unable to understand the user until after they've finished talking. So this is a result of, again, how they handle a user's speech in, in some sequential manner. So it goes from transforming speech to text. Then that text is given some sort of meaning. Then that meaning is giving some sort of action. And that action is then given some sort of feedback to the user through text to speech, right? And so you have inherently this experience that is turn-based mm-hmm. and leads to a lot of friction for the user because they have no clue they're being understood until you know they finish their whole sentence. Right. You know, this is why we see these like really short utterances that are successful on voice assistants because you don't want to say a, a 10 second long thing and have no clue if it's listening to you or understanding you, right? Right. Um, so there's there's a constraint there. And then there's there's also this notion, like I said, around voice apps needing to be conversational experiences. And so I just don't think that um if if again using those those top five use cases as a reference for for smart speakers. You can clearly see that that users um, find value from voice and just being a really efficient way to get a task done. And so taking that mindset, not this idea that I'm going to build a conversational like flow back and forth, but taking that mindset of voice is good at getting these tasks done efficiently and then applying that framework to your business and going in from that, that mindset as opposed to this mindset of um, you know what 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 sort of conversation can I build? I think is a lot more uh, or will lead to a lot better results for um, people that are exploring voice technology. And, and, and like you said, the the, the platforms themselves. I, you mentioned two different um, sort of entertainment uh, sort of uh, use cases, and I think that's one of the things that will play out on those platforms. Actually, is entertainment. It makes sense. Um, but again, some of these more utility based um, activities that could be done for consumers or, you know, professional users alike, uh, people in a warehouse, for example, these, these things um, can be applied and, and lead to actual utility um, as opposed to, uh, you know, just kind of imagining where this, this conversational technology might go. Yeah, no, I agree with you because I think that, again, it it comes back to like the current state. And I think that in the same way, again, that, you know, over the course of time, more breakthroughs enable different types of functionality. So a lot of these very aspirational ideas 
very well may exist in the future. But mm-hmm. I agree. Like, I think it's important to, to really focus on the here and now, because I think there's a lot of interesting use cases that are, like you said, I mean, I think the name of the game with a lot of these things is speed. Um, and, you know, so I've had a lot of conversations about why that's at the root of why I think media is such an interesting use case, because again, it's like, you know, if you have to really kind of search and dig to get what you're looking for, that ability to just issue an input and and be able to quickly gather whatever sort of content from the archive, that makes sense to me. Like that seems like that's significantly better than the incumbent method, but there's a lot of little things like that that exist out there. So maybe let's start with websites in general. Um, You know, kind of like, what are some of the things that you think are, I, not to use the cliche, but like low hanging fruit, like what, what are some of those really obvious things in your opinion, where it's like, that's a really easy thing that you could layer voice onto. Yeah. So I think, um, command and control, like I said, in like an e-com setting, um, and we have a good demo of this on, on our website that, that we have, um, that can show this, but you, you mentioned this interesting point. I know you keep asking questions and I like to take a step back, <laughs> but um, you mentioned this focus on like the, the, the speed of the solution, right? And so that's actually kind of where um, Speechly is unique from some of the other offerings on the market. You know, like I mentioned, there's this, there's this uh, a sequential manner of how a voice assistant handles your uh, your input. And it, it, it goes from a speech recognition to natural language understanding to, to text to speech back. Um, what Speechly is able to do is do that speech recognition and that natural language understanding simultaneously in real time. So there is no lag. There is no latency. It gives the developer the ability, for example, if, you're, if you are searching on an e-com site, let's say, if you were going to buy um, a pair of shoes or you were going to search for a pair of shoes on the Alexa platform, like for maybe like, let me phrase it a different way. Like, would you um, ever try and like go and make a purchase of like athletic apparel or something on an Alexa platform? Or do you like think that would lead to a lot of friction? I think that today, unless I'm looking at it, uh, first of all, I think without a screen, no, no way. Um, I think that I've said this before. I think that multimodal was maybe is is ultimately going to maybe be part of the catalyst to uh, voice commerce because I think you need to see. I, I just don't yeah. think that buyers at large will buy things without really being able to look and almost really be confident in what they're buying. So that's going to be one of the biggest limitations. But I, I really do like this idea of of the e commerce element here because yeah. I think that e-commerce is such a, you know, it's, it's obviously a mainstay. Now we we've all very, very much become conditioned. And that's where I've always thought like Apple or uh, Amazon's kind of well-suited. Like, I kind of think that this has just been a, you know, in some ways I think Alexa is kind of a facade to get you to use Amazon pay to buy things through Amazon. Um, But that said, I think that this applies broadly across e-commerce. Like I could see lots of Shopify sites having this kind of capability. So that's what I would say here is like, I actually think that it's pretty compelling so long as it's multimodal. Yeah, exactly. And and so um, I, I then also poke at the, this bringing in this element of conversation, right? The multimodal thing is, is I agree with, um, 
However, you you use these these platforms. Um, you know, maybe I'll just focus on on Speechly. And, and so, if you are going to talk to a website, like you don't need some sort of response, like a a, a person talking to you back, like right. here's your shoes, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but you also want to make sure that the things understand you. So essentially, what we're able to do is in the same way that you would type in an inquiry or um, search for a product, you can just speak to a a store in natural language, but it's going to react to your speech in real time. So if you can, it's, it's hard to, to articulate, right? It, the seeing is believing, but if you could imagine talking to a website and the second that you say the size, it's showing the sizes, the second that you say the color, it's showing those colors. Um, the second that you say the brand, it's bringing those brands up. And then if you mess up something, it's not just going to all of a sudden say, mm, mm-hmm. sorry, what was that? It's really and then you're going to have to start right? from the beginning, right? So there's this there's this ability to speak like an actual human. And, you know, in this conversation, I know that this is going to be distributed audio only, but you're giving me head nods. You're, you're giving me different mm-hmm. sort of visual confirmations that you know what I'm saying, that you're understanding that we're, you know, we're flowing, right? Um, that is something, that sort of paradigm or that sort of user interaction is something that with a real-time voice solution, with something that can not just put text on the, the screen, mm-hmm. but actually understand what the user is saying, that's able to just unlock this completely new sort of user interface interaction that's voice driven, but not voice only, you know, yeah. the best experiences for voice are not voice only. There are these experiences that can hand off between touch type and voice for what's best suited at that point. Yeah. I mean, I, I, like, again, I think this is really interesting because it is, it's communicating back to you, but it's just not speaking to you. It's, it's responding in real time, like you said. And, and again, I think this is part of the sweet spot is, you know, a lot of what you're doing when you're shopping is you're refining your search. You know, you're just, I'm a size, you know, I'm a size nine and a half shoe. I want shoes that are white. I want Nikes, you know, it's like, so you're just going down the line of all the different pre, you know, parameters, but Mm -hmm. being able to in real time, adjust that by conversating with the computer or your phone, that was the vision I was sold on, you know, initially. And so I agree with you where this seems to be, and it's like, I'm not pointing fingers at any one person or any company or anything like that. I just think it's like the natural evolution of a new technology is you end up getting lost in the weeds at certain times because you get excited and then the minutia like just kind of captures you. And so I agree where it's like, you know, I think that, we've, we, we over made things too complex when I think a lot of the killer quote unquote killer use cases was just that, you know, this ability to like conversate with your technology, not necessarily mean that you have to like have a actual conversation. Yeah, no, I, I think you're, you're hitting the, the the nail on the head. Um, Yeah, no, I I agree with you. (laughs) Okay. So e-commerce, that's obviously a big one. Um, Let's go another direction with this. Uh, you know, we can go into mobile apps or something like that too, but I'm just curious, like continuing this thread of discussion, where else can you, you know, whether it's speechly or kind of like what you're all driving toward, what are other examples where you see this fitting in well? Yeah, you know, actually I, I just had a thought um with that that last piece before that I want to touch on. I I've again I'm saying like command and control is where I believe we're at today. Like I don't think that or I do think that in the years ahead, I 
who knows? I can't put on my Nostradamus hat and predict the future, but I, I do think we see a future where there's more conversational experiences, right? But you have to plant the seed. You have to yeah. walk users to that point. Um, you know, just go to the any of like these voice industry events and ask people what they use their voice assistants for. And we're talking about people that are at the core of <laughs> addicted to this stuff. And it's, I'm telling you, it's all command and control. So if the the early evangelists, you know, the people, the diehard users of this are still using it for the simple command and control. Like why, why wouldn't we just apply this to um, other aspects of our business to plant the seed and then have our users take us where this goes? I think there is a place for these conversations, especially if you plant and train a user on how they're supposed to interact with like different tasks over time. Yeah. That if you, if you're so comfortable with something that could become conversational, but just to make this jump, um, and skip this, this sort of step. I, I just don't see that. And, um, I, and you mentioned like, where, where else do we see opportunities? I, I think we need to look at like, again, the, the voice industry, um, like, I, I want to take a step back. Like why would Amazon build, um, like voice assistance through a smart speaker and put all this attention on far field voice, right? Like they don't have a good phone. Right. So, um, that doesn't mean that the innovation for the around the core voice technologies stopped in websites or like near field voice. That stuff's been going on the same train that 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 has been going the whole time. Um, so there, there's one aspect there, but um, I also think about what use case would be like the top priority at an Amazon. You know, innovation, um, the innovators dilemma. Right. Like they're not going to go and build out something necessarily that they don't see an eventual ROI. in. I mean, it's a, it's a uh, logistics and I'm now AWS is its own beast, but it's a it's a e-com business. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it not, it makes a lot of sense. Like you said, I think Alexa is you or you said, I think Alexa is ultimately going to be this vessel for um, more e-commerce purchases to be made. And it's like, of course, like that would yeah. make the most sense. That's where the the our long-term ROI could be justified. So I've been thinking about a lot of these use cases that, again, command and control mm-hmm. outside, like completely on the other side of the spectrum of where Amazon would focus because there isn't the ROI case there today. So I think of, um, you know, like voice, like voice enabled warehousing or um, log- logistics, um, some of these different aspects where, you have um, different inventories being controlled. Um, just any of these sort of like professional use cases where there's a lot of data input and, and information being tracked. I think that that is an area where we're going to see a lot of adoption um, pick up because, again, uh, at least from like from our per, like from my perspective, I think. Amazon, it, it makes sense for them to focus on e-com. And, and like I said, we, we have our own sort of um, uh, interest in, in e-commerce as well, but uh, I, I'm paying a lot of attention to these sort of verticals or, or other industries where it wouldn't make sense for an Amazon to go um, and, and, pay, and spend their time. Um, so I, I, again, I think I, I'm coming back more to um, the, the actual command and control sort of experience, but um, I, I think it can be applied across horizontally across industries. Yeah. I mean, there's a, you know, a few things going through my head right now, like uh, 
because I agree with you. I think that there's always sort of like an ulterior motive with, you know, Amazon is going to prioritize some things and deprioritize other things, whether it be the actual use cases or, you know, if I say, hey, Alexa, buy me paper towels, like I'm going to probably imagine that it's either going to be a brand partnership with, um, you know, with like, you know, Bounty, you know, so P&G, or it's going to be their Amazon choice. So there is a little bit of an ulterior motive there. Same thing with Google. Like they're going to obviously really try to push their own proprietary services. And, and I think that like Google assistant is very much sort of the natural successor of the, you know, the UI for all of the Android devices and especially with Google's own hardware. And so I think that this is a really interesting time because where we're at now is it's like, you know, the, the heavy hitters um, that have the deep pockets had this really big head start. But what's exciting is that you're, you are really kind of seeing this democratization of like the custom assistance, you know, the white label versions of these things, a lot of like very domain specific enterprise applications. Like, you know, we've both talked to Bruce Racer before over at uh, Ag Voice and, you know, it's like voice on the farm. These things make a ton of sense. Like when these things really do get built and deployed, they're going to be massively successful because they're solving really challenging problems that exist today. And I think what's really like, what's going through my head right now as we're talking is that it's again, kind of the same pattern of like this democratization theme. And I think about, you know, I've had a few different conversations on the podcast before that are sort of along the same vein, which is like, you know, what's going to be the quote unquote Google moment for the voice industry. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you think about the internet pre-Google, it didn't make a ton of sense to have a website. And then suddenly overnight, it made a ton of sense because you were searchable, you know? And so, uh, suddenly you had this sort of mass prerogative of every business out there to have at least like you would have the same information that would be in the yellow pages. And I think it's like, you know, so when does the point in time come for when any business, it makes sense to have a voice application and everything that you're saying, this command and control, that might be the moment where if this becomes easily um, enabled onto any website. Like I'm thinking about my business at Oak Tree Products, um, just being able to search. We have a catalog of 4,000 products and there's a lot of like variations of things, you know? So you have one parent product and then you have like 10 sizes in, in different little obscure variations. So again, if it were really easy to search our website through um, you know, a, a voice plugin, if you will, those are the kinds of things that I think will change the whole landscape on this. Because for a long time, I feel like the, um, you know, as two people that have been in this voice industry for a while and kind of in this like network, we've heard a lot about like, you need to have a voice strategy. You need to like really be thinking hard about what voice entails. And I think that makes sense for enterprise size uh, companies that have budgets that can do allocate to this. But mm. when you think about like SMBs, mm, there's not a lot of really concrete ways that you can set yourself up well. Like there's some best practices to make sure that you appear on voice searches and stuff like that. But these are those catalyst moments, I think, where if once that type of technology proliferates to where you have something like a Speechly that's an API plugin that you can like just feed into all these different websites. And suddenly you turn on that functionality for any and everybody for whatever kind of website or business they're in. That's that game changing moment. I think that is maybe going to be akin to what I was just referring to as like the Google moment. Yeah. I, I was, 
I would say that um, maybe when when businesses and again, this is around the fact that the Amazons and the Googles control the mind share of what voice is and voice is a conversational experience on this new digital channel, right? It's that's how businesses, uh, the majority of businesses will approach voice today. What can I do with this new digital channel? And now we've started to see this breakout into, like you said, these independent voice assistants, which I think is, uh, is awesome. Um, And I think again, like that, that future that I pointed to, I think that there's a big yin and yang between, um, you know, this command and control and some of these other areas where, yeah, you know, you, you get to this point and then there might be a conversation, right? Um, but to have it be a conversation the whole way through, uh, I don't know. Um, and so I think that there needs to be, and it's, I don't even know if it'd be a wake up, right? It's, it might just be a, it might just be that there needs to be time. Like it might just take some time for mm-hmm. businesses to be like, oh, you know what? Like this is a, a digital channel, but what else can we do? Like this, this core technology that powers this is now the access to this has been democratized. I, I can do with it what I want. Like let's, let's start playing around. And so another thing that I've been thinking about a lot is like, what is, big tech's intent with their voice assistants um, or like the, the, these AI projects at the end of the day, it's like pretty clearly stated at, um, at like a Google or an Amazon, like they want to solve uh, like generalized artificial intelligence, right? Like that's, it's not like that's a secret. Um, so how can you put third-party business goals at the, like the pr- front of your priority, mm-hmm. if you're trying to tackle a task like that? So um, for people that want to participate in, in, in building out that future and, and being a part of a digital channel, like that's, that's fine. I, 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 I can, I guess I can um, possibly see that uh, being worth time, but I, I just think for businesses that are able to see that like, wow, you know, there's a lot of value add and utility that can come from this core technology. If we just approach it differently I think that's the shift um, that, if it happens, will lead to, um, like you said, that the, the, the tide sort of being open or the Google moment. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see if that if that happens. I I think mm-hmm. um, I think there's some interesting, like I said, attention that has been brought, but there's a lot of mind share that is controlled from the sort of conversational angle of things. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think that, uh, again, time will tell, but I do think that we're at this interesting moment now where it's been around long enough to where I think there's been a lot of the sort of like the infrastructure opportunities have percolated long enough to where I think they are starting to really kind of blossom. And and uh, like, obviously with your company, I think Speechly is a really good example of this where, again, it's this idea where, you know, if, if, if it's as simple as like, uh, you know, working with you all to plug in an API um, and you have this API that's just killer because you have, like you said, you have the, um, the ASR and the NLU sort of like simultaneously being processed at once. What does that translate to? Well, maybe it translates to just like a much better uh, experience in terms of search um, in terms of just like those refined experiences that a lot of people are using on websites to begin with. So it does, it feels like just a really powerful way to enhance your existing patient experience rather than trying to just create some new thing from scratch, which I think is like really daunting for a lot of people out there. 
Yeah, that's and that's an interesting point. Um, you know, there's uh, there's not a lot of budget that might be um, associated right. to a brand new voice app. However, I, I don't think there needs to be like you you can integrate. You've put all this effort into bringing your users to your own owned assets, right? Like whether that's a mobile app, whether that's website. So why, like, why would you want to push them somewhere else once you've put in all those dollars and effort to get them there um, is a good question. And so I, yeah, it, I think just, again, it comes back to this thinking of what can I do internally? Um, that is just, I, I, again, I think it's a, a lot around education, having conversations like this for people just to challenge their own assumptions and thinking to be like, no, what, what can I do? Um, and, and I think that, Again, I, 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 uh, I think this idea of full access to kind of drive it where you want is, is interesting. Um, and, and planting the seed with your own users, getting a different level of understanding of what your users are doing. You know, you're, we're not a data company. Um, we don't care about data, like the, 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 the user's data. Like we just care about making the best interface with voice, right? So it puts um, the, the business's actual interests at the front. And I think when you, I just like this idea of, it's not hard to understand command and control, right? Like we have, we have AirPods that are proliferating. We have the voice assistants that are proliferating. We, everybody knows Siri. Like we know voice command and control, simple input. Plant that seed with like your own users, like the, the opportunity um, to see where that goes just seems like just, I, I mean, if you would, if you could tell someone like, you're literally going to have your user tell you exactly what they want to do by putting this little button on your screen. Mm -hmm. Like what can that unlock? Right. Um, that that's super interesting. Uh, but I would rather own that sort of um, user journey or that user experience journey plant the seed early on with that command and control and see where it takes you. Like we're, we're not going to be able to predict where, where this stuff is going to go. Like um, if you look at, at GPS uh, market outlook or like the, the, um, the, when I'm, I'm blanking on the, the term, but like the, the predicted value that it was going to bring in when it, when it was first sort of announced, it was mm -hmm. like in the, well, this is going to be like a $200 billion market. And now what is it like billions of dollars, like a, like a day yeah. um, that's generated from GPS. Like, it's just, it's so hard to like, once this stuff gets out of the box to see where it's going to go. Right. So I, I like this idea of, I, again, I know I'm saying things, but it's, it's just driving home this point of like, what is voice good at today? Get that into the hands of your users in your own domains as soon as possible. And then iterate, mm -hmm. you know, have an actual customer driven iteration process and see where it takes you. I, 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 I don't know um, how anybody who hasn't like, if you have interest in voice technology, like that should get you excited, right? Like I, I um, there's a lot of people that like to pontificate and talk about this space, right? But there's also a lot of people that are actually building and have hit the walls with um, what some of the existing or um, legacy technologies can enable. So getting that full access should, I think, be exciting. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, here we are. Uh, I, I still remember the first one of these voice conferences that I went to back in, uh, I think it was like January of 2018, back when Project Voice was the Alexa conference. 
you know, all of the focus then was around far field, you know, features and, and building for smart speakers, because at the time that was what was, you know, that's what existed. Right. And like, I don't even know if there were, there might've been like an, the first version of the echo show had just been released, but multimodal wasn't really much of a theme quite yet. And point is, is that I think that it's going to be a progression. I think that, you know, we can kind of like simultaneously hold the thought in our mind that voice is going to ultimately be sort of its own independent ecosystem. And, you know, I, I don't know what that will look like. I don't know if it's going to be the, the duopoly of Amazon and Google and those ecosystems. Um, but I think that the way that it is now is that yes, it's, it's sort of this percolating in its infancy ecosystem, but it's also a feature. And I think that the feature is ready. And I think that, you know, it's ready to be layered onto the web. It's ready to be layered onto these mobile applications. So as we, you know, kind of like come full circle here, is that kind of how you're thinking about this too? Yeah. So I, I think how I like to look at maybe like the voice space is you have these general assistants that were started with Siri brought in all this attention to voice um, early 2010-ish, right? And then it kind of dies down. And then you have Alexa come in and it's reinvigorated this whole conversation. So there's all this attention around voice. Like, what can I do with it? And more and more people are, are starting to get interested. And I think this has led to people starting to realize different constraints with the, you know, the existing sort of voice assistant platforms or um, some of the endpoints like with smart speakers and and so I think that's led to this natural progression of like, okay, I want this voice assistant thing, but I want it in my own domain. So now you're seeing these independent voice assistants, still voice assistants though. So you're seeing uh, like your Razas of the world in like mobile and web, which I, I think is a very uh, positive step in the right direction. But like you said about like this voice feature being ready, I would argue there's this third bucket of using just voice as an interface in the existing domains where we know that the voice control feature is very, very beneficial for creating an efficient user experience. So I think um, just approaching voice from that sort of uh, three-pronged approach and being able to look at your own self and your own company and, and better assess, you know, where is the best opportunity for me rather than going from the angle of like, general voice assistant, independent voice assistant, and then voice as an interface as like your, maybe like your sort of steps of like assessing where my best yeah. opportunity for voice is. I'd say the best opportunity is actually to flip that script, right? So start with voice command and control, voice as an interface in your existing domains. Then maybe you can explore these independent voice assistants or, or more general um, voice platforms like your, your Google assistants or your Alexa's the world. And, and even think about the, the opportunity that that gives you. I, I think I might've mentioned this earlier, but being able to control and have access to this, at the end of the day, voice as an interface is a completely new user behavior with our technology. So there's some learning that's going to come with that to understand how your users are actually engaging with your brand or your your experience. And, and I feel like that, that education for a company or a brand is, is invaluable. I mean, it's just so important to, to understand that when you're building a brand new behavior. And I think doing it, that sort of step of looking at voice as an interface first in your own domains is just a really good first step to be able to really understand your customer. Right. I absolutely love that. I think that you're, you're pretty spot on there because 
I like that progression too of start as kind of like the voice user interface and think there as, okay. And and you said something earlier in the conversation about it being kind of like a button, like you create a button and then it's like, who knows what's going to happen with that. And I actually saw not long ago, there was uh, an article on VoiceBot and it was talking about um, Bank of America's voice assistant. And, you know, what's interesting about that is it saw a huge uptake in the pandemic. It's been around for like three years. And yes, a large part of that is because a lot of people are communicating with their bank online now, as opposed to in person. But again, it kind of speaks to the same thing, which is they put that functionality out there. You know, I think it's Erica. And so you make this thing available and in time, they probably over those three years, they kept iterating and kept iterating. And now it's pretty legit. And it seems to be this thing where it's like the users probably drove a lot of the innovation. They probably, they probably saw from the, you know, all of the usage data that these are the different things that are, you know, really resonating. And then they're able to like kind of position those things. And I think that's a microcosm of everything that we've been talking about today, which is so long as you provide that sort of starting point to let your customers guide you, that I think enables you to get a better sense of what aspects of my business makes sense in this particular capacity, rather than it try to be this, like, I'm going to take every single thing and throw it at it and see what sticks. I think that I love this point that you made where it's kind of the inverse of like start very, very basic and make it something where it's just, you can engage with the brand or the company or whatever it is online through your voice. It doesn't necessarily have to be conversational as much as it's just able to receive that input. And it has some type of output, whether or not that's voice, I think is maybe a little moot right now. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's like walk before you run, right? Like everybody that builds conversation, any sort of conversational designer will tell you just how hard it is to build a quality conversational experience. And again, I know I brought up earlier how the top five use cases are all these on these voice assistants, smart speakers are all these first party experiences. And I mean, that's a proxy for like, this is just really hard to do. Um, But I think part of that has to do with the fact that the average everyday consumer is just not prepared or ready for these fully immersive conversational experiences the, you know, there's, there's a lot of baggage that comes with a conversational experience. I think for the user that it like needs to be perfect. It needs to understand. And by eliminating that sort of uh, element or that sort of factor from your experience and being able to, again, just use this voice as an interface feature and see where that takes you. I feel like that's a lot more compelling and, and that can lead to a conversational experience, right? Like there, there can be points where it makes sense to have some sort of um, verbal response. But again, I just don't think using that as like your, your starting point um, is necessarily the best strategy when, when looking at this, this uh, world of voice technology, where we're still very much in like, I don't even know if we can say we're in the first inning. I think we're putting down the chalk (laughs) to start the game, you know? Yeah. Um, I agree. No, this has been such a good conversation. I always love hearing the way that you're thinking about things. And that was the perfect sort of roundabout, like full circle way. I think that we've come to this is like, we've been in this long enough to where I think just as you said, Google and Amazon, because of their sort of ulterior motives set the, they sort of established the the way in which I think we think about these things. And I think that over the course of the last few years, 
people have been, especially the people that have been really operating in this space. Um, I think you're starting to have a lot of people to start to challenge that and say, is mm-hmm. this really the right way for us to be introducing this to the masses? And to your point, like with smart speakers, I think that the vast majority of people use the same five things. And that's great because you're mm-hmm. still building that habit. And that's not to say that the conversational ecosystem of experiences will not ever flourish and blossom. I think it totally will. But I think that we're going to need some breakthroughs along the way. And I think, again, it comes back to like, so what do you do right now? And this is where it comes back to start small. And the voice user interface, in my opinion, is the area that just about anybody can deploy it in some capacity. Just like you said, it might not even be consumer facing, might be an internal operation that you have, you know, like there's lots and lots of different types of workers out there that could benefit from maybe an efficiency in, in just the, you know, I saw there was a, a report about, you know, Henry Shine, which is the big, it's like the oak tree products of, of the dental world. Um, and they're a lot bigger. They're a publicly traded company, but they, uh, you know, they introduced like this dental procedure that you can sort of transcribe like you know, you're calling out like which tooth has the cavity and typically you would have somebody in the room with you that's writing that down. So it's like, there's just lots and lots of little, you know, so that's really VUI. It's just transcription. Um, there's lots and lots of little things like that, that are starting to present themselves. And, and I think that these are going to be kind of the introductory things that ultimately will probably lead to the like conversational explosion of experiences that will come in time. But I just, I'm not ready if it, I'm not sure if it's quite there for like prime time for everybody quite yet. So, yeah. Yeah. I think we just need to look where we can plant the seed, right? Plant the yeah. seed to let the tree grow. But <laughs> Love it. Awesome. Colin. Well, before we get going, um, can you share with everybody where they can connect with you, follow you, check out Speechly, all that? Yeah. First and foremost, obviously the Speechly website. So just speechly.com. Um, or you can reach out to me directly at Colin, that's with two L's, C-O-L-L-I-N at speechly.com. And then um, always happy to engage on the Twitter at Colin Borns, uh, B-O-R-N-S. So on the definitely Twitter. reach out. On the Twitter. On the, the Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Great catching up with you, man. I, I, I missed making content with you. Uh, looking forward to you know the not too distant future where we can get together and uh, you know, have some beers and hang out. So thanks everybody who tuned in here to the end and we will chat with you next time. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Future Ear Radio. For more content like this, just head over to futureear.co where you can read all the articles that I've been writing these past few years on the worlds of voice technology and hearables and how the two are beginning to intersect. Thanks for tuning in and I'll chat with you next time.